Good evening. It's great to see each and every one of you uh, back tonight. We're glad that you are here. Uh, hope that you have had a good day. Jerry, oh, how I love Jesus. I love that one. I can't ever think of that song uh, without thinking about going on the many mission trips we went on to the Bahamas back in the day. Some of the guys that went on that trip is going to remember that. In the Bahamas, they don't sing, oh, how I love Jesus. They sing, oh, how I love Jesus. And they let it rip. Every time I think about that, I think about the energy, the idea of really wanting to praise God and thinking about what we've been discussing, loving the Lord, to be excited about loving the Lord, uh, to seeking how we can do that. And we talked about that this morning, and you're to be commended. I'm glad that you are back tonight as we're going to talk a little more on a practical level about how we can walk with God. I hope that tonight's lesson will help us all to consider some things that we can put in our lives this week that will help us uh, to walk with him in a closer way. Uh, while a relationship with God definitely takes discipline, uh, to walk with God is not just a discipline. And what I mean by that is it's not just a practice of training people to obey certain rules of order. It was not just about what we do on behavior. The Christian walk doesn't really start with behavior. It starts with belief. And we miss that a lot. As we looked at Jesus' greatest command, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. Mark is going to say with all your strength. What does he say? We're to come and to have this thing that happens within us that it will then eventually change the way that we act. Walking with God starts and it begins there within your heart and within your soul. God loved the world so much that whoever believes in him and what you believe matters. And the reason it's important is that's where we start if you believe in Jesus. Well, once I believe in something, then it starts to head to my mind and it starts to set my values. What do I mean by my values? The principles by which I live my life, how I determine how I'm going to respond, how I'm going to talk with other people, the things in which are going to set my priority. See, my belief starts to lead to my values. And then once I have my values set on, look, this is how I see the world and this is how I understand it, then behavior comes. See, then I'm going to start behaving in a certain way in line with my values. And I think that's an important thing for us to consider, especially those of you that are here tonight. I'm going to talk to you here tonight about a lot of what we can do when it comes to behavior on how we can walk with God because I know you're back here tonight because you believe and because you've allowed God to set your values, and now I'm going to try to give you some behavior. But when we go and we talk to other people, if we just walk up to them and say, behave this way, and they don't believe you're not gonna be effective. If they haven't set their values yet, that's not gonna work. So a lot of times as we work with people around us, as we work with the world on their walk with God, we have to first establish that belief because the belief will lead to values. Then it will lead to behavior. Behavior is the end result of walking with God. And I think as we, we go through that, maybe that's a little extra sermon for you as we think about some things that we can do. But for tonight, uh, I'm going to start with the assumption that you believe in God, uh, that your heart is there with him. You're wanting to walk in accordance with his ways. Uh, you've allowed God's teaching and what he says about things to determine your values, and now you're just trying to find a way to walk with him in a closer way, and I hope tonight our lesson will help you along uh, those lines. Uh, the world is fine. Uh, or the, they, the world uh, believes in a lot of ways that they are fine and nobody should judge them and nothing should change about their life. And they don't really like the idea of people pointing and telling them there's certain things they need to do. Uh, the Christian walk is really just the opposite. 
The Christian walk begins with all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. I know that I'm not fine. If you want to find my faults, you're going to have a target-rich environment. We all have faults, but you know what we're striving to be? Better. See, that's the difference in the world. The world says, look, I'm going to determine whatever I am and I'm fine and you don't tell me anything that I ought to change because I can be whatever I want to be. But when we understand who God is and we believe that and we start to say, look, God's values are what I'm aiming for and in my life I fail to do that so many times, really our walk with God is about changing who I am. I want to become something better. I want to improve. I want to walk with him. And I know that as I walk with him and I am more of what he wants me to be as a disciple, I'm going to bear fruit things can change in my life because of my walk with God and ultimately what will happen I hope that God is glorified by what change he has brought about in my life so that's sort of the search that we're looking on uh, this evening as we think about it I want to think about our thoughts when it comes and I've got just a, a, a couple different ideas for you whenever it comes to walking with God what is the first thing that you think of when you wake up in the morning how many people immediately grab their phone nobody raises hands in here how many people immediately grab their phone first thing in the morning it's just your alarm it isn't like you're looking at it okay quite a few of you are doing that some of you may hit the alarm some of you may throw the alarm you may do different things but as soon as you wake up in the morning what are you thinking about well that sort of gets your day going that's true. That sort of leads us one step to the next. And most of us are probably pretty predictable. We do a lot of the same things. Well, if you want to walk with God, I want to challenge you to give God your first thoughts. We're here in the readings. Matthew is reading for us tonight in Psalm chapter five, uh, the fifth Psalm. You're looking in verse three. He comes, he says, O Lord, in the morning you hear my voice. In the morning I prepare a sacrifice for you and watch. If you want to walk with God, I want to challenge you this week to maybe start your day a little bit different. Think about a way that you can start it where you're going to give God the first thoughts that come to your mind. Before you tackle your day, before you start to get along and do a number of different things, I want to challenge you to spend some time uh, in thought with God. Now, how are you going to do that? That can be different. Some of you guys are super disciplined people, and you probably have a list for everything you're going to do. Well, if you want to approach God with your list and your to-do list and all the things that are going to happen today, and you have your list, and you go ahead and sort of walk through that, but I want you to walk through it thinking about, God, these are the things that I'm looking to do today. These are the different things that I'm hoping to accomplish. Some of you aren't going to be as disciplined, and maybe it's just going to be informal and a conversational thought. God help me as I'm, and you start walking through your day. We start gathering our thoughts and we start planning out our day, and I want to encourage you to do that. That might be when you're not even out of bed yet. Maybe you're just laying there, and as you wake up and you're trying to get your body to wake up and start moving again, that you immediately go to God and say, look, I'm going to give you my first thoughts. It might be why you're getting ready. Might be while you sit down for breakfast and you're going to spend a little time doing that at the table. You may have a place in your house you want to do that. If you want to get those things ready and then get to work, but before work starts, I'm going to give God my thoughts for the day. It's going to change what happens with the rest of the day. I guarantee that. When you start looking at everything that you have to do today, but you're wanting to do this in conjunction with your Creator, with your God... You're going to see things that you wouldn't have seen otherwise because you were asking to see them. 
You're going to face temptations differently because you've already talked to the Father about the temptations that are coming. You're going to see possibilities. You're going to approach your work. You're going to approach your family. You're going to approach your relationships differently if you start and give God your first thoughts. What do you want to do today? And then talk to God about it. What do you have to do today? Talk to God about it. The challenges that you're going to face, that you're trying to solve, that you know that, look, when I get to work, we have all this stuff going on. I want you to think about those and share those with God and, and, and spend some time thinking about him. If you're about to have a day that you're going to totally enjoy, I want you to get up and say, thank you, God, that I'm not going to work today or school's just about over or whatever it may be. And you have things that you can enjoy and say, God, thank you for giving me this opportunity to be with people that I love, doing things that I have. And again, even as you go into that day, thank you for a day of rest or relaxation if that's what you get to have. Think about people that you want to influence that day. Help me as I interact with my spouse, my children, or my neighbor, or this coworker, and think through those things. Your first thoughts of the day go to God. And what I really loved about Psalm 5 verse 3 it says, in the morning you hear my voice, in the morning I prepare a sacrifice for you and watch. What's the idea? Expectant hope. You know what's a great way to walk through your day is expecting God's going to be in a role in what's going on. I've handed those things over to him. I'm going to try to walk through this day with him, and I'm just going to watch and see what happens. And it is amazing as you start your day with God, and you're praying for maybe an opportunity, you're praying for this thing to resolve, and you see that opportunity walk right in your door, and you see that problem start to smooth out, and you go, that's what I've been talking to God about, and now I have an expectant hope for what's going to happen. Now, again, that can be a one-time thing, or you can decide that's how you you're going to walk with God all of the time. But I would encourage you, give God your first thoughts. Secondly, I would say give God your anxious thoughts. As you walk with God, chances are you're concerned with something. Uh, you have things that bring uh, reason to worry. Uh, that's what you feel like. There's a lot of pressures in life. And as you think about walking with God, I want you to consider that if it's worth an anxious moment, then it's worth a talk with God. Don't sit around worrying about things that you're not talking to God about at the beginning of the day or through the day. Don't sit there and be consumed with anxiety and things that are wearing on you. And it's like, well, have you talked to God about it? No, I'm trying to handle this. As you come into your day, as you're walking with God, I want you to give him your anxious thoughts, those thoughts of help me, help me say the right thing, help me to handle this situation, help me because this conversation's about to be rough or this situation is really tough with this person and I don't know exactly what to do, but you're gonna go and say, God, help me as I approach these situations. Help me to settle this conflict. Help me to resolve this issue in my life. First Peter chapter five, verses six and seven. Peter says, humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you, casting all your cares, all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. I think it's interesting, a lot of times we just do the cast all your cares on him because he cares for you. That's how it sort of rattles around in my mind, but we miss the beginning of that whole conversation is saying, look, I want you to humble yourselves in the sight of of God. I want you to sit there and realize that there's problems in this world that you can't fix, that you won't ever fix. There's things that are out of your control that as much as you want to try to control them, you can't. So what do you do? 
You realize there's someone who can and you simply humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God and at the proper time trust that he's going to exalt you or lift you up. I'm going to cast all my anxieties on him. Why? Because I know that he cares for me. But it starts with humility. A lot of times we're going to say, God, I want this problem solved. I want this to go away. When really what we need to do is, God, I want to be the person that you need me to be. And as I'm dealing with this stress, as I'm dealing with these hardships, as I'm dealing with these challenges, I'm asking for them to be taken away, but ultimately all that I really want is for your will to be done and for me to walk in that will until this journey is over when it comes to this challenge. Humble yourselves. Give him your cares. He's asked for them. I would say as you do that, always mix in thanksgiving. I can't ever think about this type of advice without thinking of Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 through 8, when Paul says, don't be anxious for anything, but in everything, with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And what does he say is going to happen? Then the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. What does he say? Look, you're going to face those moments that are going to be uh, stressful in life. There's going to be all kinds of pressures. There's going to be things outside of your control, but God wants to have those thoughts, and I want you to cast those upon him, and I want you to not be anxious about all of these things, but instead also in the mix of the things that you wish were different, remember you have a lot of things to be thankful for. The devil wants us to only look at the negative things of life and not see all the positive things. And all of us are blessed beyond measure as we look at so many people and the situations in this world. And as we deal with those anxious thoughts, let's mix them always with our thanksgiving. Let's give up our anxious moments and our anxious thoughts. Let's let go and let God handle those things and keep on giving in to him. So as you go through your day, give him your first thoughts and give him your anxious thoughts. I would also say give God your intimate thoughts. What do I mean by this idea of giving God your intimate thoughts? Uh, give God those private conversations that are happening in your mind as you speak with yourself. Walking with God is about really being open with him. Problem is we're not real good at being open with people, are we? How many people are you really open with in life? Do you have anybody that you've really told everything to? See, a lot of times in life we get kind of closed in. What do we do? We, we hide our flaws. We don't want to talk about those on a regular basis. There may be a few people we might share those with. Uh, we can conceal our feelings about things when we're scared or fearful or doubtful or whatever it may be and we conceal those and sometimes we simply want to keep our opinions and our thoughts to ourselves and you know what that can sort of keep us from getting into some kind of difficulty with other people and we hold all those things in and sometimes even in our own relationships when we're dealing with other people it's just not worth it I'm not going to say anything anymore sometimes keeping our holding our tongue and being slow to speak might help us in some situations from getting into trouble in some way but one thing that it doesn't do is it keeps intimacy from happen, happening in a relationship. And I want you to think about that in relation to you and God. How open are you uh, with him? 
You know, it's sort of interesting that we think, I don't know, it's just a human problem. We think that we can go and I can keep those ideas from God and I'm going to come and I'll come to worship or I'll sit down with Bible study or I may come up and give him some ideas, but there's some things I'm going to section off and not share with him. The story of Jonah is really a story about that, isn't it? God comes to Jonah, gives speech to him directly. Here, you're the prophet, head east. And Jonah goes to Joppa and heads west and goes the other way. And we're all just shaking our head going, what's he thinking? God told you exactly where to go and you thought that you could just take off and go another way. Don't you know that God knows you're in the boat? Can you imagine when he was sitting there heading the other way into the Mediterranean and all of a sudden the storm rolls up and he's just looking and it gets worse and worse and worse and all the guys on the boat are going, something's going on here. And he knows that he's the reason. Jonah, what was the deal? Well, God wanted this, and I'm doing this. You thought you were going to hide from him? But how many times in your walk with God are you doing something that's totally opposite of what he wants, and you're just not telling him about it? I don't really pray about that. That happened today, and I did that, and I know exactly what I did, but you know what? I'm going to keep that away from God. I remember Murray Christian Camp one year as a youth minister that was talking to different kids and he said something that just sort of jolted me and shook me and I was thinking, man, a lot, that's, that's pretty rough. But I really think that it works and is effective. He said, look, what you need to do is whenever you do something that you've decided you want to do more than you want to follow God and you make that choice and you tell that lie or you take that thing that doesn't belong to you, or you give in to lust, or you give in to anger, or you give in to whatever it is, you just need to go to God and say, God, you know what happened? I really loved this more than I loved you, and that's why I did it. I chose this. I chose lying over what you wanted. I chose lust over what you wanted. I chose dishonesty other than what you would want me to be. You think you don't talk to God that way. Except what he said was, your life is doing that, isn't it? You've already done it. You've already made that choice. When you gave into that, you made a choice to go against what God wanted and do your own thing. And he says, you know what can help you? Go to God and say, God, that's what I did. But that's not who I want to be. And that open, honest communication with God will change things in life. I've repeated that many times, that advice for a lot of different crowds, and I've told them time and again, one of two things will happen. You will continue to talk like that with God, and he, through his spirit, will change your life, or you'll just quit saying it, and you'll just go on doing whatever you want to do. But to really walk with God, you have to be honest, and you have to be open with him. If you've got a temptation right now that is getting you if you have something that you are giving into on the regular basis, you have some type of addiction or you have some type of problem that you keep doing that and you know that's wrong, what you do is you come to God and you tell him exactly what is going on. You go read Psalm 51 and see David saying, my sin is always before me. You know, these bones that you have broken, I've just been crushed by all these things that's on my mind. And you tell him that and then you say, help me to be clean. And then you know what you do? First thing the next morning, you say, God, help me today to not do this. Help me not to give in to that anger or to give in to this problem, give in to this temptation. Help me today to do it. And that's your first thoughts. And if you get to the end of the day and you've avoided that sin, what do you say? God, thank you for helping me today to be more of what you want me to be. But the next day, you better start again. Help me today 
Or maybe that day you're going to give in to sin again and you're going to come back and you're going to have an opportunity to be open and intimate with him and say, God, I did it again anyways. But you say, I'm sorry. And you ask for forgiveness. And you pray as the Lord told you, lead me not to temptation, but deliver me from the evil one. Help me tomorrow to be better. Now, is that an open and raw relationship with God? Absolutely. But if you will walk with those things and you want to identify something and you want God to change your life, you're going to have to be open with him and you're going to have to give him those intimate thoughts. And you're going to have to say, God, that is what I want to be, something different. But do not be ashamed and think you can hide somewhere else like God isn't going to know if you don't bring it up. It's already there. He knows every bit of it. He's just asking for you to say, look, do you want my help or not? Do you want me to change you or not? Or do you want to keep on sitting in this way with the waves rolling and everything else is happening? Or are you ready to move in a different direction? God is always ready for the one who's going to come back home. And in our actions and in our walk, sometimes we have to take those thoughts seriously and make real changes in our life and ask God's help whenever we need to repent from things. And what happens? God does. God will come through every time that we will walk with him. That's what walking in the light is about in so many ways. Next thing I would say to you is I want you to give God your hard thoughts. What do I mean by that? I want you, as you're walking through God, realize there's times in life where there is pain, there is turmoil, there is grief, there is times of doubt, and you really don't know what to do. I think that's important for us to note that, look, there's going to be times in life where you are just above your head with the pain that you're dealing with. You don't understand. You don't know why these things are happening. You've just had all that you can have, and I want you to give those things to God. If you look over in Mark chapter 9, you're going to see an account of Jesus. He's coming down in Mark chapter 9 from the Mount of Transfiguration. He's just been changed. And as he's coming down, there's a crowd. Most of his disciples are down there. He'd only taken uh, James, John, and Peter up on the mountain. As he comes back down, the crowd's sort of arguing, and there's all this commotion. And in verse 17 of Mark chapter 9, it says, Someone from the crowd answered him, Teacher, I brought my son to you, for he has a spirit that makes him mute. And whenever it seizes it, it throws him down, and he foams and grinds his teeth and becomes rigid. So I asked your disciples to cast it out, and they were not able. And he answered them, O faithless generation, how long am I to be with you? How long am I to bear with you? Bring him to me. And they brought the boy to him. And when the spirit saw him, immediately it convulsed the boy, and he fell on the ground and rolled about, foaming at the mouth. And Jesus asked his father, how long has this been happening to him? And he said, from childhood. The horror of this parent, of seeing their child, of wondering what could possibly take this away. The hope that he most likely had when he heard there's some people that follow a teacher named Jesus and his disciples go about and they do miracles and they can cast out demons and he comes and he brings his son and none of them can get it done and it's not happening. How desperate he is and this is something that he's dealt with his entire life, these hard moments. Verse 22 says, it often cast him into the fire and the water to destroy him, but if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Jesus said to him, if you can, all things are possible for one who believes. Immediately, the father of the child cried out and said, I believe. 
help my unbelief. These are tough thoughts. Those are hard times. In the middle of pain, in the middle of turmoil, in the middle of doubt. Take those thoughts to God. I'm so thankful in the middle of all this as he says, look, I believe, but help my unbelief. Jesus said, look, you didn't come with enough belief, so get out of my face or I'm not gonna change those things. This man comes and says, I believe, but there's just part of me that is having a tough time grasping what is happening here. Why would this happen? Who are you? Why is the power limited sometimes and it's not at others? Why do sometimes these people got their, the spirit cast out and my son, it's not happening. What am I supposed to do with this world that I don't know what to do with? I believe, but help my unbelief and Jesus is going to bless him in that moment but he cries out in an honest way and that's found throughout all of scripture why did he do this because he was fighting powers in life and the devil wanted to get this man and the devil wanted to get this boy we have an adversary that's going to come and he's going to put pressures on us and we're under attack Job was under attack he couldn't make sense of those things in life I lost my children I lost my wealth I've lost my health why in the world go to God in those moments Peter was under attack Satan wanted to sift him like weed and he gets in this pressure moment and he ends up falling and he leaves out and he's weeping bitterly going what in the world and it only gets worse because they take Jesus and they kill him what do you do you go back to the Father. In every hard moment, in every difficult time, in whatever level of pain you're dealing with, in whatever doubts you're struggling with, go back to the Father. Verse 28, after Jesus has healed him, he says, when they entered the house, his disciples asked him privately, why could we not cast it out? What was different about this one? And Jesus said to him, this, can, this kind cannot be driven out by anything but prayer. I don't understand all of that. But what I do know the implications of what Jesus said is there are degrees to our walk with God that some things simply will not happen in this world if it's not accompanied by prayer. I figure these men had prayed. What level of prayer was Jesus talking about? What dedication to prayer was it in? And you start thinking about our lives and we want different things to change. But what's he saying? Look, you need to be walking with God and communicating to him in such a way that prayer changes what's going on in this world. And when you walk with him, you share those thoughts with him. And in hard times, you come and you talk to him and you communicate to him. And there is so much power in what is going on in prayer. When you get up in the morning, as you're going through your day, as you have anxious moments, as you have difficult times, give yourself to prayer. And I would say this, there's no age limit to the power of prayer. I appreciate Drew praying for those that are thinking about becoming a Christian. I've had conversations about two different individuals and I know there's a third study that's going on with individuals that are thinking about becoming a Christian. You know what every one of you can do? You can pray for those hearts and for those lives to be changed. Regardless of your health, regardless how active you can be, you sit there and you make a decision that in my early morning moments, I'm going to pray for those things to happen. Southgate needs God's prayer, God's surrounding us because we are lifting those things up to him. And as we all walk to him and pray in a greater way, what's going to happen? Things change in this world because some things are only driven out by prayer. 
And may we all give ourselves to the power of that. My final thoughts to you today is I want you to give God your twilight thoughts. The end of the day. As you close your day, I want to challenge you to close your day uh, with God. If you've got young children, make that a a part of that bedtime routine. As you come in and you spend that time with them and you think about the moments and they need to see you praying to God and they need to pray with you and they need to practice those things, may we never outgrow that. May as we lay our head on our pillow, let's think about what I can do with prayer. I've said many times, if you're having a hard time remembering that, then you take your Bible and you put it on your pillow in the morning and you know what's going to happen when you come back tonight. You're going to have to take that off and it can be a reminder that I want to pray to God and go through my day. God, you answered my prayer on this conflict. You helped me through this anxious moment. You gave me strength in the middle of this hard time. You gave me the opportunities I was looking for. God, thank you for allowing me to have that day where I defeated that sin and it didn't come into my life today. I'm thankful for today. Or maybe it'll be, God, I need strength in the morning. I hope that tomorrow can be better than today. But may may we give our thoughts to him. Philip Hines was talking about some of this at a, 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 a workshop that I was at, and he said somebody was talking to him and came up and was just really feeling sorry about it. I said, look, I, was, I went to bed, and I started praying. In the middle of my prayer, I just fell asleep. And I feel awful because I was talking to God, but at the same time, I fell asleep, and I feel bad because I fell asleep in the middle of that. He said his answer is just, if you fall asleep at the, throne, at the foot of the throne of God, just wake up in the morning and say Amen. We get exhausted, don't we? We get tired. We're tired at the end of the day. And as we're coming and we're going to try to communicate with him, maybe our prayer life won't be that exactly ordered thing of all these different conversations we would have. But what does God want? He wants us to think of him. He wants us to wake up. And if it's in the night and you're having anxious thoughts, then you pray again. As you're going to work and you're still having something coming up, then you pray again. And you walk with him through every aspect of life. Why? Because it is a walk of faith. And you look at these different things that I've challenged uh, for you this morning or this evening to give him your thoughts, your first thoughts in the morning. Give him those anxious thoughts. Give him the intimate thoughts of your life. Give him those thoughts at twilight. Give him those hard thoughts as well. And what do you see? It's just a part of our walk with him. I pray God will bless you to those ends. I want to close reading the psalm that we read as we began. This is Psalm 5. An individual who is striving to walk with God, who understands the importance of humility, who is looking for this idea of trusting God, who knew that God had expectations, and who wanted to be led to the Lord. Give ear to my words, O Lord. Consider my groaning. Give attention to the sound of my cry, my King and my God, for to you do I pray. O Lord, in the morning hear my voice. In the morning I prepare a sacrifice for you and watch. For you are not a God who delights in wickedness. Evil may not dwell with you. The boastful shall not stand before your eyes. You hate all evildoers. You destroy those who speak lies. The Lord abhors the bloodthirsty and deceitful man. But I, through the abundance of your steadfast love, will enter your house. I will bow down toward your holy temple in the fear of you. Lead me, O Lord, in your righteousness because of my enemies. Make my way straight before me. Hope that each one of us can take some of these things and put them into our lives as we strive to walk with him in a better way. Lord's invitation is open.
If you need to respond, if you're making, thinking about becoming a Christian, we want to help you to do that tonight. If you're a Christian but you're struggling in life, be open, be honest, be that with God, but be that with your fellow Christians as well. We want to be able to help you. We want to be able to pray with you. If we can help you in any way, we invite you to come as we stand, as we sing.